The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles and turn to uh, the book of the Bible. Turn anywhere in the Bible. 2 Corinthians. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. His word will endure, will remain forever. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but His word will remain. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We do have notes for you tonight. Um, Brace yourself. Let's read from verse 1. Greetings to our online folks, the folks that are with us online, those in podcast land out there. We're grateful that you can tune in or be with us when you can't be. If you could be here, though, you should be, so, you know, we'll hope to see you next service. First Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians. Did I say First Corinthians? All right. That's on page 807 if you have the same Bible I do. Verse 1. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Everybody say that. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one is caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for man to utter. So he heard things in the third heaven. How many of you know what the third heaven is? The first heaven, you're in it. The second heaven is the place of the, of the battle, the place of warfare, demons, angels. The third heaven is, that's where God's throne is. So he's caught up to the third heaven, and he hears inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. So whatever he heard, he's not allowed to say it. Verse 5. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of these revelations. Now now we know who he's talking about. He's talking about himself. We didn't know before that, but now we know verse 7. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. 
Concerning this thing, I pleaded. I what? I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart, that he might depart from me. That it might depart from me. Pardon me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. If you have the, if you have the words of Christ in red, it's in red. Fascinating thing is, it's outside the gospel. It's, it's in the, the epistles. It's, it, it's right here. Let's read it together. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore... Most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you for what you're going to do tonight. I thank you tonight, Lord, that you're going to just rewrite some of our... uh, some of our hard drive. <laughs> You're going to change some of our thinking through the truth of your word. So give us living understanding and may we never be the same. Release all that's in your heart tonight in the powerful holy name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Has anybody ever here feel, felt inadequate? You ever felt inadequate? I mean, you just felt like you weren't up to the task. Have you? Everybody say good. Good, great. Has anybody ever said, uh, I can't do this? You ever said that? Good. Say good. 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 Have you ever said, how can I go on? Good. That's good. It's good if you've experienced that. You say, really? Yeah, 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 it is. You see, because all of those, those questions that I asked you, have you ever felt inadequate? You said yes. I said good. You ever felt like you, you can't do it? Welcome to humanity. And that's a good thing. Have you ever felt like you said, or you felt like, I can't go on, I can't go on one more day, I've had all that I can take, I can't take no more, as Popeye said. That's a good thing. Because all of those things point to our weaknesses and to the revelation God gave the Apostle Paul here in, in Corinthians. We've been preaching a series entitled Holy Ghost Come. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We've been uh, just on a a journey led by the Spirit. And tonight I felt very impressed to preach to you this message in the series, Holy Ghost Come, entitled, In Our Weaknesses We Are Strong. It's actually an amazing thing here that, that the Apostle Paul teaches here and that I'm going to preach to you on. It's something that's not really touched on. You don't hear this over Christian TV too often. Let's look at the text. The Apostle Paul is having to defend himself from defend himself from false apostles who are affecting the church in Corinth. And you can read earlier chapters, and then you come here to chapter 12, and he tells of a man, the Apostle Paul tells of this man who was caught up to the third heaven. And I explained that to you already, being heaven itself. Now we don't know exactly when that was, but My guess is that it took place when he was in Lystra where he was persecuted and he was stoned and left for dead outside the city with a pile of rocks all up on top of him and the disciples surrounded him. You can read this in the book of Acts. And they prayed and he got up. 
can't keep a good man down. Come on, somebody say, you can't keep a good man down. He got up. But we don't really know when that is. And this man receives this great revelation as he's talk about, talking about in these first verses. And then we realize in verse 7 that the man he's talking about is himself. Kind of amazing. And I, he didn't want to brag about great revelations. And, and that's concerning to me. Now, I, I find that concerning because that is really the opposite of what I hear some folks doing over TV. And, and I don't hear so much in our body, but when I travel, I hear about this, you know, boasting of this great revelation like the person's the biggest, strongest spiritual human being on the planet. And that's not what the Apostle Paul does. There's this humility that's about him. And, and he makes it, he has this, verse 7, says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. What's interesting to me, this whole text is profound. It is. Because it slaps upside the head of some super hyper-spiritualism that's out there. And he says that Satan buffeted me. A messenger of Satan. So <laughs> he makes it clear that the messenger of Satan wasn't from God. Everybody say it wasn't from God. But God allowed it. Listen, if you have problems in your life, don't go blaming God. That went over real good. If you have problems in your life, don't blame God. God is not the source of your problems. Problems are many times because of our own foolishness. Problems many times in our life are because of an attack of darkness. Problems in life can also be because of, because of other people's foolishness. And problems in life are also a way in which God brings you correction and shapes you, molds you, moves you to another place. And so the enemy, you see, he comes to torment. A messenger of Satan tormented him, verse 7. And you'll see in Paul's writings to the letter, in, of, Thess to the letter of Thessalonians, pardon me, that he talks about Satan and how Satan hindered him. How many of you know what to hinder is? Satan stopped him from coming. Wow. I mean, that's kind of amazing that Satan could stop the Apostle Paul. And he uses the words messenger, which really, uh, if you study that, it's like an angel of Satan. In fact, it's this particular verse here, verse 7, a messenger of Satan where we get a, a clear understanding, I believe, from that text, from this text, that messengers of Satan or angel of Satan is fallen angels. And, you know, you could use Old Testament, you know, a third of the stars uh, fell with him. There's many scriptures you could look at, but something comes, this messenger comes, and, and it brings this thorn in his flesh. Now, it depends on what, you're, what you emphasize with the Greek word. If you emphasize the Greek word thorn, if you study this and you read commentaries, you can see that some commentators will look at the Greek word thorn and, and focus mainly on that. Other commentators will focus mainly on the word flesh. 
So it's, it's either one or the other or both and. And so we don't know exactly what the problem was. It could have been an, a physical illness. In fact, uh, if you look at Galatians 4, let me, can I, it's okay, can I, I'm going to preach to you in a second, but I'm teaching you right now. So just hold on. In Galatians 4, he talks about this sickness, his illness was a trial. And he goes on to say that some of you would have gouged out your eyes for me. Man, that is, that's crazy. That's, I mean, my goodness. If that was to help, he's, he says that some of you would have gouged out your eyes. So some have suggested that Paul had an eye problem or eyesight problem, and that was the thorn in the flesh. Another idea is that it wasn't a physical problem at all, but it was actually a person, an extremely volatile, evil person that was constantly harassing and haranguing and was like a thorn in his flesh. You're like, yeah, I know somebody like that. (laughs) You've got to ask yourself, actually, have you been to the third heaven? (laughs) Somebody like, what? What's he talking about? We don't really know. Paul does write about Alexander the, the coppersmith, who was a person who had hurt him and brought much harm to him. It may have been something uh, of his own mind. We really don't know what the messenger of Satan was. Scripture doesn't clearly tell us. We could only guess. And when we get to heaven, then we will know even as we are fully known. But, but Paul struggled with this messenger of Satan, this tormenting in his flesh. And it says in the text that we read that he pleaded. He what? He pleaded with the Lord to take it away. Three times. Now, I don't think it's like this. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Oh, well. I don't think that's what it was. I think it's three succinct times where he fasted and prayed and interceded that this thorn, this messenger of Satan would be broken. And on the third time, the Lord speaks to him. First of all, before I move to that, let me say that bring everything to God. Come on, there's some old songs about that, I think. Bring everything to God. Bring everything to God. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Bring it all to Him. You try to handle it on your own, Bubba, you're going to have a problem. So Jesus spoke to him, and it is rather amazing. It's amazing. Jesus speaks to him because he gives him revelation. Is yours in red? If you have the red letter edition, it's right there. This is not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the words of Jesus. It's found outside the gospel. And Jesus speaks to him and says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength in your, pardon me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Wow. The Apostle Paul understood the principle that when you're weak, then you're strong. Now listen, we don't believe this in our culture. Most Christians don't believe this. I've had people say to me, I said, but I just can't go on. And they're like, that's a good sign. I'm like, what? I can't go on one more day. They're like, hallelujah. I mean, that's a mature believer that tells you that because when you can't go on, he can. 
When you can't do it, that's an opportunity for you to step into power that you won't have if you didn't get to the end of yourself. Listen, some of you are in the midst of a circumstance or a situation, and you just got to, it's the end of yourself. You don't know how to make it through. You don't know what the answer is. You don't know how to solve the problem. Listen, that's God's opportunity for the power of the Holy Ghost to flow through you, to give you strength, to go before you, to burn up the enemies in His path. Now, there's some examples in Scripture. The life of Saul. How many of you know the story of the life of Saul? Saul is looking for his father's donkeys. He lost his donkeys. King James says that a little different. And there, he's looking for the donkeys. And some of you are like, dude, I have a King James. What the King James say? And uh, so he, he's looking for the donkeys, and he, he, he comes, and he, he says, man, if I only had a seer, if I had a prophet, you could tell me where the donkeys are. I mean, that's a great idea. And so he, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he, he bumps into this dude on the road, and he says, man, I'm looking for a seer. He's like, yeah, I'm the guy. He's like, whoa, trippy. And he goes with Samuel back to the house, and, and uh, he tells the cook, he says, you know that piece of meat I put on the side? Yeah, this is the guy I put it on the side for. Can you imagine being Saul? He's like, what? What? And, and they have this meal, and he begins to tell them that, hey, you're the next king, bro. Actually, not the next king. It's the first king. You see, God wanted the theocracy, but they pleaded and begged. All the people begged, please give us a king, please. And finally, the Lord's like, you're not going to like it, but okay. And so Saul is the first king. And so he's reluctant. I mean, that's putting it lightly. He comes from the tribe of Benjamin. He considers himself nothing. What's fascinating to me, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, I believe it is. Let me look. My notes have been erased from here on in, so that's a good sign. Well, I need to paraphrase, but I'm sure it's in 1 Samuel 15. But Saul, Samuel says to Saul, he says, when you, when you were humble and when you were broken, was not God with you? And now you think you're something. It's an interesting thing. Pride comes before a fall. And he disobeyed two times, and, you know, he ended up losing the anointing because he yielded to the, he yielded to the pressure, the peer pressure of the people. Didn't wait for... The prophet to, to offer the sacrifice didn't kill Agag. I'll never forget years ago driving to church. I think it was a Wednesday night as well. I had prayer, I'd worked for hours on a message that day and I was ready to preach. And the Spirit of God fell on me the moment I got in my pickup truck and I'm driving from Palmer where I used to live towards Wasilla. I got to the first red light. I stop, and the power of God comes on me, and the Lord says, you're not preaching that message tonight. Clears a bell. I'm like, okay, awesome. And then I drive, and I get to another stoplight. I stop, and the Lord tells me, Hugh Agag. 
Now, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about because it's, it's, it's right here in this text. You see, the Lord gives a command to Saul to, to kill everybody, but he didn't kill Agag. And Agag was the king, the king of the enemy. I the Malachites. I, mean, I need to go look. But. And he didn't kill him because he wanted to parade him around. And that was what you did when you conquered a people and you paraded everybody. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can bow down to me, Mr. King Agag. But that was not the instructions. The instructions were, the instructions were to hew Agag. That's a hew with a sword. In other words, hack him, kill him, utterly destroy everything, all the animals, everything, destroy everything. And he doesn't obey because of the pressure of the people. And then he sacrifices. And I knew exactly what the Lord was saying to me. He was dealing, he was dealing within me, worldly ambition. He was, dealing with it. he was dealing with me about, about what real success is. Because it has nothing to do with fame. has zero to do with fortune. has zero to do with worldwide impact, ministry impact, missions, church planting. If I could pick on pastors, it has nothing to do with any of that. You'll never see an admonition in Scripture to get lots of money and fame and fortune. It's not in there. That is not a definition of success, but that is the definition of success in the world. And many people, many believers have this overlay of what real success is. See, until you get the house with the gate, then you're really not successful. It's totally not true. It's a lie the devil tried to put on you. And so you can drive yourself to try to get that. You know what you'll find when you get there? You'll find that you still feel just as empty before when you were praying and fasting and believing that God would do it. That when you get there, you realize, well, this is not all that. This is kind of empty. That's right. Because real success... And I'm just giving you a little snippet of that message. Real success is hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. In the end, when you stand before him, that's the definition of it. And so here in 1 Samuel 15, it's this, this, this clue that, you know, when you were humble, was not the Lord with you. You see, when you're weak, it is then that God can blow his mighty power through you. But we don't think that way. We don't think in terms of, oh, I'm, I, I'm in the chips are down. I feel like I want to quit. Listen, the next time you feel like you want to quit, the next time you want to throw in the towel, you ought to just remember this. In, his, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Stand up on your feet, which are hopefully shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and begin to declare that his strength, his power is coming right now because I can't do it. Lord, you can. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And let his... Let the Holy Spirit well up. It's a promise from Jesus. It's a promise right there. You won't find it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will only find it here. And it is revelation to you, revelation to me, that when you are in the midst of the battle, when you're in the fray, and you just don't know which way to go, and you want to quit, you're so tired, you can't get up. That is then that God can breathe His breath, release His strength, release His power, give your revelation in your weakness, His strength, is made perfect. Give him praise in the house of God. Come on, it's true. We're so accustomed to living by our feelings. Feelings are overrated. In the life of Uzziah, and I think I have a typo in your notes, 2 Chronicles 26, turn there if you would. If you'd put it up on the screen, 2 Chronicles 26, 5. He sought 
God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding and visions of God, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And, and God used this guy. I mean, he had this amazing army. I mean, God got peace from his enemies all around. I mean, in many ways, he was a great king, but then something horrible happened. He began to think that actually he was something. And in that same thought, began to struggle. 26, look down at verse 16 now. Same chapter. 2 Chronicles 26, 16. But when he was strong... His heart was lifted up to destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord, his God, by entering the table, the temple of the Lord to burn incense. Oh, that's so good. To burn incense on the altar of incense. Leave it up, please. You see, he was the king, and so he thought he's just like all that in a bag of chips, you know, just. And he was doing all these great things, for God was with him. And so he thought, since he's so great, I think I'm going to go into the Holy of Holies. I think I'm going to go into the temple and burn some incense. I think, I think I'm just going to go do what the priests do. Priests and kings and prophets, they all had an anointing, but, but they, they, could, they weren't interchangeable. Kings could not go into the temple of the Lord, but he got arrogant. He started thinking he was something. And I will tell you, and anybody that's been in ministry or been in church for any number of years, you will find men of God, women of God, when they begin to get a measure of success, begin to get, begin to get uh, some traction, if you could say it that way, or begin to have some impact, they usually end up thinking, actually, there's something. And darkness lurking inside. You know, the, in, in our heart, our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all else. Listen, don't ever, I'm just being led by my heart. That's a mistake. Don't do that. My heart's leading me right to the pit. Yeah, your heart, don't let your heart lead you. That's some stupid, worldly statement. You're led by the word. You're led by the spirit. But I've had people say to me, well, I'm just not convicted. I, 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 you know, I mean, I know what the word says, but I don't feel convicted, so I can fornicate. I mean, God knows my heart. What? Listen, if if you're not conv- listen, if your convictions don't match the word, how many of you know your convictions are off? And then you have to adjust them. Yeah, you got to change. And if you don't feel convicted, that's irrelevant. If the word says it, then that's it. That settles it. And then you obey the word. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, bump the person next to you and say, oh, I think he's talking to you. (laughs) The king was not allowed to burn incense. Listen, fools go where angels fear to tread. You can't just do anything you want to just because you call yourself a believer or you have a hankering to go do something. You have to be led by the Lord. you got to let him lead you. And don't be gripped with fear either, but be led by Him. And understand that when you're weak and you just feel like you can't handle it, that's an opportunity for Him to show up and blow through you the mighty wind of His power. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, I think God's talking to us tonight. It's a very simple message, but to me it was really profound. Because I'm facing some things. I'm thinking, Lord, how's this going to happen? 
and he's just saying, um, son, in your weakness. Oh, yeah. And you think about where God brought you from. Think about the things that you've been through. Think about when, when the chips were down and you couldn't do anything. Think about you, just, you couldn't make a way out of no way and God brought streams in the desert. Think about when you were going to quit, when you were sick, when you didn't know how to pay the bill, when you didn't know what, the, what you were going to do with the doctor's report. Think about that and how God came through for you. You're here. You've got a pulse tonight. Come on, he's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. Just because you don't feel like you're up to it, if he he called you to do it. He'll anoint you right through it. He's for you. Who can be against you? In your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Hey, come on, Jesus. stand up on their feet and say in my weakness God's strength is made perfect come on say it again in my weakness God's strength is made perfect come on put your hands together for God alright let me conclude this in humbling ourselves and acknowledging our weak our weakness, we position ourselves for God's power to flow through us. Listen, humbling yourself is always the right thing. I mean, I can't think of an instance when it isn't. Just eat dirt. Go low. Serve. A humbling, contrite heart he will not spurn. Humility. Humility. Come on, we've just gone through Christmas. Jesus was born in a manger. This is the most humble birthplace there could be. The king of kings, born in a feeding trough in a stall, that, an animal stall, with fresh animal droppings all around him. The king of kings. Philippians talks about it. He came, you know, he put on humility. He became weak for, so that we could become rich. And that's certainly not talking about money. And if you think I'm talking about that, you ought to correct yourself. He became weak and poor so that we could become rich in every single way in life. We've got to stay dependent on God. We must stay dependent on God. How dependent are you on Him? Some of you doing stuff in your own flesh, your own, the arm of the flesh, with your own strength. It's a, you know, that's a, can I tell you, that is a tiring. Oh, I've lived too many years that way. No, it doesn't, listen, it doesn't mean you don't work hard. We just preached on that, work. Work is a sacred thing. It doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't have a spirit of excellence. It doesn't mean you don't keep your word. It means all of those things. All of us have gifts and talents, and you're supposed to use them. Use them. Use it or lose it. That's a whole other message, too. The talents. Remember the guy that hit it and said, I knew you were shrewd. I hid it from you. 
said, yeah, give it to me. I'm going to give it to the guy that's using his. That's me. If you're not going to use your gifts, he's going to give them to me. Amen. Praise God. He's going to give them to Minister Micah. You've got to use your gifts. You've got to work hard. You've got you've to do your part. God won't do your part. You can't do his. But you do your part. And even in that, we're dependent on him for all everything. That's why every morning when you wake up, you ought to just thank God you're breathing. I mean, let the first words of your mouth, what's the first thing that's coming to your mind? Just let the first words of your mouth just be an, just an exaltation of who God is. For the longest time, especially during my single life, before I met my beautiful wife and got married, I had this pattern and the Lord gave it to me because when I would wake up and when I would go to sleep, I had so much torment and it wasn't a messenger of Satan given to me so that I could stay humble. It was residue from an evil life that I had lived. And so, I, I mean, I would go to sleep. Here's how, I, here's how I'd go to sleep so I wasn't tormented at night. Lord gave me a plan and authority how to do it. I prayed, you live holy, live right, go to church, all that stuff, tithe, do my best. But then when I'd go to sleep, I'd read the word, I'd read the word until my face would fall in it. And I'd just be like, oh, I'm tired. Thank you, Jesus. Close the word, boom, go to sleep. And ask God to give me dreams and visions. When I'd wake up, he gave me a plan. So that was the first part of the plan. And the second part of the plan is when you wake up, I want you to say this. You're my Lord, you're my God, you're my King, you're my everything, I worship you. And so for years, I would wake up and I'd just be like, Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're my Lord. You're my God. You're my King. You're my everything. I worship you. And I'd lift my hands and the power of God would come on me in my bed. Then I could get up. Listen, some of you just so snapping out of bed, can't hardly wait to do whatever the next thing is in a rush and not to spend time with God. Or Listen, you, you're, we're dependent on Him. Listen, you, every one of us would drop dead right now. He is sustaining your heart. That's evidence of God's love for you. And if you feel he doesn't really love me, I feel like I'm in a living hell. We'll apply the principles of the word of God. Get out and break, break every tie, every cord, uh, and every attachment of hell. Get some new friends. Get, start coming to church. Learn to pray. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Get baptized in the Spirit. And God will set you on fire, heal you, use you for the purpose for which He created you. He'll, he'll renew your mind and you can become great in the kingdom. And in the end, hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But you've got to do your part. You've got to surrender. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to come to church. You have to have fellowship. All right, so we must stay dependent on God. Look at C. God's giving us a message of hope. Do not despair. At your most difficult time, God will give you a revelation of his power. It was really something for me when the Lord touched me in my pain and difficulty. And I used to weep and have angst, wring my hands and worry, be tormented. And the Lord spoke to me and said, son, just turn that. Instead of, and just instead of doing that and talking to yourself, just turn it towards me. 
I'm like, well, what do you mean, Lord? Well, go ahead and cry, but cry to me for deliverance. And if you're really hurting, then just learn to cry out to me for comfort. And if you're worried about provision, well, am I not the provider? I'll provide for you. And so instead of like, oh, well, what am I going to do? I'd be like, Lord, I have some needs. I used to just practice being on my knees until the power of God would come on me. See, some of you still run to the old crutch. You're all stressed out, so you go smoke a few cigarettes. Or maybe some of those funny cigarettes. No wacky tobacco, no, don't do it. I don't care if they voted it in and made it legal, just like same sex marriage, just like abortion. It's no good, it's no good, it's no good, it's no good, no. Just the ladies. 
come on seriously now let's sing it are you ready <laughs> did you get something from God tonight now listen you have to discern you have to fight you got to pray not everything's God's will I, I need to say this not everything's God's will so if you're going through some difficulty it doesn't mean it's God's will so I mean sometimes it's because of the things that you've done other people have done sometimes it is a direct demonic attack on your life so what are you going to do? You take authority over that thing and you backhand him in the name of Jesus by the authority purchased for you at the cross of Calvary. You take authority over him and you declare and you bind him. You resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Say it. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Say it again. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. So if he hasn't left yet, and you're just not done resisting and submitting. But then there are some things that seems like it might be the devil, but actually there's something going on inside of you. For the longest time, I didn't know how to handle my money. So I'd always be broke, believing for the next paycheck and hoping that I could make it through with the next paycheck. And then I had a rebel. I mean, I'd be like taking authority over the devil. I'd be like, Lord, loose, find a God. Help me, Lord. Give me money. And the Lord was like, dude, you're not even handling the money I gave you well. Yeah, you can bind the spirit of poverty all you want, but you realize you've got to bind it off of your own thinking. And, and you're the one that needs to change. Just to learn to live within your means and put the credit cards up. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody in here? Mm, yeah. Come on, dare we take the step of faith. Are you ready? Come on, in my weakness, your strength is made strong. Singing, my weakness is made strong. Strength is made strong. Strength is made strong. In my weakness, my weakness strong. Yes, I will. Make the declaration of truth. Say it. I'll be made strong. The power of God will flow through you. So, in my weakness, I will be made strong. I will be made strong. If you're going through a trial, hustle to the front. Come on up front. Quickly come. I didn't preach long. I will be right now. I will be Holy Ghost. In my weakness, I will be strong. I will be strong. I will be strong. In my weakness, I will be strong. I will be strong. Will be strong.
more time, just lift your hands and thank God right out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank Him right out loud. Thank you, Lord. God, we praise you. We glorify Him. Come on, say with me. Say, in my weakness, His strength is made perfect. Amen. Now, Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow night, we will have a watch night service at 10. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.